Welcome to the podcast of the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church, where we're listening to pa- our pastor sermons. Pastor Philip Coons here, preached from the pulpit of the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church, located here at 310 Randolph Road here in Kansas City, Missouri, right outside Clay Como. We invite you, of course, to visit us. We're, of course, open every Sunday morning. So come on by. We do have Sunday school starting at 930, worship starting at 11. So come on by and say hi. But here is Pastor Philip Koontz with our sermon called Be Patient, which was preached on October 3rd of 2021. It sure is a blessing to be here in the house of the Lord today, isn't it? It's a blessing to know that you can come to a place where everybody knows your name. And I'm not talking about tears. I'm talking about it's nice to know where everybody loves you no matter what. And God's house is that very place. It's nice to know no matter what time of year it is that you can always come and share the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the church. God loves you no matter what, always. Let's now turn to the book of 1 Peter, chapter 3. And we're going to read in the opening here, verses 13 through 17. Verses 13 through 17. We can please stand on the reading of his word, and if you can't, that's okay. I do understand. I completely do. I really do. First Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 17 says this. Who is he who will harm you if you follow that which is good? But even if you suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. Do not be afraid of their terror. Do not be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Always be ready to give an answer to every man who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you with gentleness and fear. Have a good conscience so that evildoers who speak evil of you and falsely accuse your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God that you suffer for doing good than for doing evil. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. We sometimes do suffer for doing good. I'd rather do that. I'd rather suffer for being too kind than being too mean. And I have, incidentally, and sometimes still do. I've suffered for being too nice of a guy, sometimes being naive. I still am sometimes. Suffering for being too nice, being too kind. People say, you're a fool. Well, that might be true. I might be a fool at times, being too nice, but I'd rather do that than being too too mean. I'd rather be the kind of person that is trying to show the love of Christ than showing the hatefulness of the world. So we have a question today. What does it mean to be logical? What does it mean to be logical? Now, you may or may not know, I am a Star Trek fan. I am. Live long and prosper. In fact, I have been waiting to wear this tie for quite some time. And I knew that this sermon was going to come about. And so I waited. I actually ordered this tie. Like, what a shock, Pastor. Really? Yeah. I like ties. I like ties. And this tie is a wonderful, wonderful live long and prosper tie with Mr. Spock. And I love Spock. I do. I love Star Trek. In fact, I'm watching the original Star Treks again. In fact, the only complaint I have about it, because I have the CBS network, I have Star Trek, all every episode, the DVDs. I even have, the, the, have it on Netflix and a few other things. The only complaint I have about it is that they're putting some of the newer special effects on it. And I like the old, pretty special effects myself. Does it give it the way it was? I'm, I like Star Trek. Okay. It's nerdy, but I like it. You're a nerd. Yes, I am. I don't care. I like it that way. 
But I like Spock. One thing I like about Spock, that pointed ear dude played by Leonard Nimoy, I like the, fa- the fact that he is logical. He's very logical. Everything that he tries to think out is logical. And it gets him in trouble sometimes. I was watching an episode the other day where his logic got him in trouble. He had no emotion. He actually does have emotion. He's half Vulcan and he's half human. And so he tries not to respond to his emotion. He tries to only go by logical ways of thinking, the Vulcan way. The fact is, is being logical is a good thing, too, because in reality, uh, too many times people go through their emotion and not using any logic. So today we're going to talk a little bit about logic and logic. What is logic? Well, logic is a method of reasoning applicable to the branch of knowledge or study. In other words, putting it simple, uh, using reason or sound judgment. It's good to use reason and sound judgment in life. And too often people use emotion to guide them. But we as Christians so very often have used our emotion, the human side of us, the, uh, the old us. We're talking about the old lost us. We've used our emotion. We have emotion, but we are to use logic, which is to say reason and sound judgment. Use the spirit of us. Uh, we should use logic. So today's sermon is called Bible Logical. We're to be Bible Logical. There's nothing wrong with logic. Sometimes people misuse the definition of logic to say it's only scientific. But in reality, it is actually spiritual. If you use spiritual logic or be biological, that is the way we should be in life. Use logic with biblical facts and biblical truth. We should be in our life biological. So say it with me now. Bible logical. Say it one more time. Bible logical. In all the things that we say and do, we should be Bible logical because we so often want to make other decisions in our life that are not biological. We make decisions in our life that go with emotion, and that's a lot of times trouble. We make decisions in our life. It's okay to have emotions. There's nothing wrong with that. God gave us emotions. But we so very often want to make decisions off of emotions, which could go into anger and so many other things, and that's a problem. Because so very often, that's what gets us into being worldly. And so very often, what gets us in so many troubles in our lives, if you look back to all the problems that we've had, it's usually from doing the emotion and not being biological. But it feels right. It may feel right for the moment. But if we look at the biological reasoning, oftentimes that's what causes the troubles in our life. So let's look at the decisions. We have five ways of decisions that we're going to look at tonight, uh, today, pardon me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm back to where I was last night, but we're going to look at the five decisions and we're going to look at how it takes care of things if we go through it biologically. So biological, number one, the decision is to be biological, biblical, spiritual truths, not emotional logic, not the momentary truth. Because a lot of times if you go off of the emotional logic, the, the emotional logic, it's only true for a moment because the thing is the way we feel it's only going to last for a moment right now. I feel angry. Or I, I feel lustily. I may feel this way, but that's only for a moment. You may feel doing this thing, may feel right. And it does feel right for a moment, whether it be through anger or uh, that moment of, of wanting this through lust or wanting this through through that temptation or this temptation or stealing or what it might be. Because you know how Satan is. He's going to tempt you with all sorts of, of feelings. And they're only for a moment. And it may feel right to the ways of the world, the ways of old self I'm not talking about the way you are now being saved. I'm talking the old nature, the old way. If you listen to that old nature, whether it be through lust, whether it be through temperament, whether it be through the ways that the old you feels, then yeah, all that could feel right. 
only for that moment if you're listening to the old nature, the old you. But it's only for a moment, and then you're going to feel bad about it. In fact, we just talked about this in Sunday school a little earlier. But in reality, I didn't know all that. I went through the sermon long before I even looked into Sunday school. In truth, it's only for a moment. We need to make our decisions based on Bible-logical thinking. That's how we ought to do. So let's take a look at 2 Peter now. 2 Peter chapter 1, 5-9, through 9, which says this. For this reason, make every effort to add virtue to your faith, and to your virtue, knowledge, and to your knowledge, self-control, and to your self-control, patience, excuse me, patient endurance, and to your patient endurance, godliness, and to your godliness, brotherly kindness, and to your brotherly kindness, love. For if these reside in you and abound, they ensure that you will neither be useless nor unfruitful in the knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. But the one who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted because he has forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. This doesn't mean that it's a sin to be emotional. It doesn't mean it's a sin to have emotion. It means that giving in to our emotions continuously and being led by them can lead to sin. That's what it means. I know, I know. I wish to God I could tell you that I have not allowed my emotions to lead me to sin. I wish to God I could tell you right now that you're looking at a perfect man, a perfectly logical man. But that would be a lie. That would be a ball-faced lie. I can't say that to you. I can tell you, however, that when I think biologically, everything turns out great, not because of me, but because of he who lives within me, because I'm allowing he who lives within me to lead me and guide me biologically. And that's how we all are when we allow Christ and the Holy Spirit to be our guiding source. We can think biologically, but if we don't, oh, what trouble? does come. Amen? Amen. It's okay to say amen. I'm not going to kick you out that door. I promise. I promise. You can say it. It's all right. Yeah, but we're on camera. Yeah, that's okay too. They understand. They do, don't you? Yeah, I, I heard you. You do. Okay. Ephesians 4, 26 through 27 says this to us. Be angry and do not sin. You hear that? Be angry and sin not. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean it's a sin to be angry? No. It says be angry and sin not. In other words, the emotion is not the sin. It's what you do with it. I'm going to read on, though. But be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your angry uh, anger. Do not give place to the devil. That's what it says. In other words, you have the emotion. The emotion is not the sin. What you do with it is. Whether you give it up to God or whether you take it and do something horrible with it. So it's not a sin to have those emotions. It's not a sin at all. God gives you the emotions, but what you do with emotions, well, that's up to you. It really, really is. It's up to you. But if you have biological guidance, all will be well. All will be well. If you allow your emotions to be in charge, oh boy, so much can change. So much can change. And it can lead from one thing to another. I've seen so many times where people have wanted to fight me. And I don't blame him for that. I'd be jealous of me too. <laughs> I've had people want to fight me and start up fights with me before. Literally want to start fights with me. Sometimes to prove themselves and other things. And a lot of times I show love and compassion. There's other times when I was younger where people want to start fights with me and I'd 
you know, I'm, it was Christmas. I want to give them what they wanted. But no, in all reality, the truth is I wasn't always godly and it wasn't good. In reality, as a Christian now, I don't do that. I don't give them what they wanted. You know why? Because God doesn't want me to. And you can't do that. You can't give them what they want in that area. What good does it do? What good would it do? What great witness would that be? It would not be a good witness. It would not do good at all. No, we're not to do that. Listen to what it says here in Proverbs 25, 28. He who has rule over his own spirit is like, let's see, I said that wrong. He who has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. They have no rule of our own spirit. God's given us self-control. The people who say, I can't help myself. Yeah, you don't lie. You can help yourself. And if you can't, you got a real problem. you got a real problem. You have the Lord Jesus Christ, which means you have the Holy Spirit. And if you have allowed your flesh to be in control over you more than the Spirit, then you've got a true problem. Spiritually speaking, I'm not just mentioning physically speaking and uh, mentally and everything else. But one last thing when it comes to Number one, decisions of biological thinking. First uh, John 2.16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. But we need to be very careful. That's why I use the word lust. Most, most likely, most of you are thinking, well, right away he's talking about sexual things. Well, that is a part of it. But that's not just it. It's also talking about many other things. Lust can be a part of the temperament. It can be part of things that lust, things we want. It doesn't just mean sexual things, but that also is part of it. Satan knows how to throw things in front of us. He knows how to throw things in front of us and keep us from focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ. But we need to be very, very careful about that. Very careful, in fact. I know because Satan tries to do that with me just like he does with you. Pastor, you don't know what it's like. Yes, I do. I'm a human just like you. But we know that we can make decisions and think biologically. Not keep our eyes on the things of the world, but keep our eyes, our mind, and our heart on Christ. Be biological in our thinking, and you can do that. Number two, we need to keep our decisions in life upon the morals of the Bible. Once again, back on biological thinking. Be on the morals of Christ and the morals of the Bible. Well, how do you do that? Well, first of all, keep your mind on, on the word of Christ. You must keep it on the morals of the Lord. A lot of times people don't know what that means. They don't know that because they keep their focus. And I've talked about this before. They keep their focus on social mores. They don't know the difference between what is moral and immoral. They think of social mores. What the people on TV say is moral isn't moral biblically. It's not moral biblically. They worry about society's ethics, the ethics of the world. <laughs> what they say is ethic. And in their ethics are very unethical, biblically speaking. They think it's ethical to make people feel comfortable all the time. Well, you, if you feel comfortable in your sin, that's very rude. It's very wrong. It's very immoral to do. You know, I could right now tell everybody who's living an unbiblical life, and I'm talking about homosexuality. I'm talking about people who are sleeping out of wedlock. I'm talking about people who are stealing. I'm talking about people who do all sorts of sinful things, wrong things. And yes, I'm sorry. If you're living in sin right now, I'm talking to you. Every single one of us. All of us who are living in sin, who are lying, cheating, stealing, living in sexual sin. Every single one of you. Every single one of us. We're wrong. Shouldn't be living that way. Because God says it's wrong. Not because Philip King says it's wrong. Because God says it's wrong. 
You're being judgmental. No, I'm not. I'm reading the word of God. Look it up yourself. God says it's wrong. And we cannot say that it's right just because that's what we want to hear. No, 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 no. We have to tell what the word says. I'm not going to lie to you and make you feel comfortable. And then one day stand up for the Lord God and say, God said, why? Why did you make them feel comfortable in their sin? That's what they wanted to hear. No, 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 no. God says other words. And I am going to tell you what God told us in his word. That's what we have to do. We have to be honest. Amen. Amen. We have to be honest. Not because we're going to be rude and crude and cruel to people. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be mean to them. I'm going to be loving to them, but I'm still going to tell the truth. And you can do that. It'd be like telling a little kid to play with a loaded weapon and say, well, that's what they want to do. No, you don't want to do that. You want to tell them, no, that's going to hurt you. And the same with people out there living in sin. I love you. Put down the loaded weapon of sin. Get rid of it. It's going to hurt you. No, Isaiah 520 says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil who exchange darkness for light and light for darkness, who exchange bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We are to be very careful about this. We need to use biological thinking, not the logic of the lost and the logic of this world. We need to be careful about that. Psalm 50, verse 21 says, These things have you done, and and I kept silent. God is talking now. He says, You thought that I was indeed like you. But I will reprove you and make a case before your eyes. A lot of times we think that uh, we are to be like God. Or excuse me. We need to know that we're to be like God. But a lot of times we, and I'm, by we I'm talking about people of this world, think that God is like us. But God is not like us. We're to be like God. We're not to try to make God like us. We think, well, God understands. Yeah, he understands. He understands that we're lost without him. He understands that we're sinners. Remember, I quoted almost every single week for all of sin and fallen short of the what? Of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. There is none righteous. No, not. That's right. Romans 3.10. We need to remember without Christ, we're bound for hell. We need Jesus. If we don't have Jesus, we have damnation. And we need the Lord God. We're not to try to make God like us. God wants to make us like him, saved by the grace of our, through our faith. Psalm 10, verse 4 through 5, The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek God. God is not in all his thoughts. Verse 5, His ways are always prosperous. Your judgments are high and distant from him. As for all his enemies, they scoff at him. So many people in this world scoff at God. Oh, we don't need God. I'm doing fine. But here's the thing. Your ways could fall down any moment, world. We do need God. Because one day you're going to stand before the Lord God. You may be doing great right now with money. You might be doing great right now with all your prosperous ways. But when you stand before the Lord God, you're not taking it with you. You can't take it with you. You will fall and it will fall and you need Christ. You don't have Christ, you have nothing, absolutely nothing without Christ. But I don't believe the way you do, Pastor. You know what? I don't care. I really don't care if you believe like me, but you need to believe like the Lord God. Decision number three. We need to be biological in our decisions because that lays the foundation for life here and after. It lays a foundation for life. Biological thinking lays a foundation for the way that you live here in this world 
and after in eternal life. Biological thinking. Second Corinthians chapter 10, 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare is not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations of every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We keep putting the biological thinking into our life. Everything that comes against us will fall and we'll stand strong in the Lord God, no matter what goes against us. Oh, that doesn't mean you're not going to get tripped up. And that doesn't mean there's not going to be hard days. You may have a hard day's night, but let me tell you this. If you keep standing up for the Lord God, the knights of Christ will continue to stand strong and continue to go forward until the day they go stand with Christ. Amen. Philippians 4.8, finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. Think on biological thinking. Biologically, we need to put our mind on Christ. I've been guilty of it as anyone else. Allow myself to think upon things of the world. But we can't do that. We must think biologically. Biologically. You want to live long and prosper? Fine. Let's live long and prosper. Live long and prosper for Christ. I'm talking spiritually now. I'm not talking the ways of Vulcan. I don't care about pointing your peoples. I'm talking about living for Christ now. Okay? Number four. Biological decisions set forth reputation and witness. For others to grow from, not because of our own personal reputation, but the reputation of Christ. I want people to be able to grow from what I've done, not because of me, but because of he who lives within me. Remember, you are a witness, whether it be for good or for bad. Oh, did you hear about that, Pastor? Did you hear about what he did? Did you hear about the person from the moment of truth? I heard about them. Did you hear about Billy Graham? Yes, we heard about Billy Graham the one who continued to live, the one who lived for over 90 years and served the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we heard about him. Do you hear about Charles Stanley? Yes, we heard about him. Who loves the Lord God with all his heart and soul? Yes, we heard about him. We want to serve, not because of him, because before he had Christ, he was lost. But we heard about when he gave his life to Jesus and we saw what Jesus Christ can do through him. Yes, we heard about him. We heard what Jesus Christ could do through him. Did you hear about that pastor, Fred Koontz, Robert Fred Koontz? Yes, we heard about him. We heard that he was a dishonest man until he come to know Lord Jesus Christ. We saw that his whole life changed around. We saw that. Did you hear about that handsome pastor, Philip Koontz, who, no, we didn't hear about the handsome pastor. We heard about the other one, the one that used to be a liar at the age of seven until he come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear about all those other people who used to be sinners until they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, we heard about them too. God can change us. Our witnesses and reputation can be used to preach the word, or they can be used to go against the Lord. And that's up to you, too. Matthew 5.14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let the light of Jesus Christ shine through you. This is what Christ wants to do. Think biologically. Live biologically. Allow this to be seen. 1 John 1, 5-10 says this. This then is the message which we have heard from him, talking about Jesus, and declare to you, God is light, and in him is, is no darkness at all. 
If we say that we have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us all, cleanses from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Yes, we have problems. Yes, we have sins. Yes, we have mistakes. But if we continue to go back to Christ, we can show the light that shines despite, despite of the mistakes that we make. You know that the world, I'm at the lost. You know, they very quickly want to point when somebody makes a mistake. We know that. We know that. We know that they want to point when you might fail and you might get mad, lose your temper, say something you shouldn't say. We know that. We know that the world wants to point at you and say horrible things about you. Oh, but how much better it is that even if you do make a mistake to get back up again, to shine. How much greater is that? Remember, it's not how hard you hit. It's how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. Don't go rocky. You can keep moving forward, folks. Don't let that knock you down and stay down. Let the Holy Spirit pick you up and move you forward. Let the word of God keep moving you forward. It says in Titus 2, 7 through 8, in all things, presenting yourself as an example of good works in doctrine, showing integrity, gravity, incorruptibility, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that the one who oppresses you may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. I like that. I like that. Oh, people can make up anything about you. Oh, they, they truly can. They can mock you. They can make fun of you. <laughs> Some people are really imaginative. But folks, in the end, the truth of the Lord God's going to shine. It truly is. Use bi biological thinking. It's going to win in the end. It's going to win. Number five, every decision, every decision that we make should lead back to biological thinking. Every decision. It should be set from the Bible. And it should not be taken out of context. It should not be taken out of context. Know the history and the meaning of the word. We should study and know the history of it. Know the meaning of it. Don't take it into what you want it to mean. Don't take it and listen to the people of the world because they'll say, oh, I think it means this. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Go to your pastor. Go to the word itself. Take it all into whole. We were talking about this in Sunday school a little bit. Don't just take the one verse. Take all around it. Read it. Take it all in. Know it. Don't take it out of context. Even with the things going on right now in this world, whether it be sin, whether it be, even with the election going on right now, take it all in. Try to use biological thinking right now with this election that's coming up. By the way, it's not what this sermon's about. It's not about the election. But I am going to tell you this. With every decision we make, even with this election coming up, we need to use biological thinking. I'm not telling you who to vote for. I wouldn't do that. That's your decision. But I will tell you this. You should use biological thinking in all things. Where you go, what you do, what you watch at home should always be biological thinking. I watch a lot of shows. Some shows I watch, I don't like all the language that's used in it. I don't like all the things in it. If unfortunately, you don't always know what's going to be in a movie. You don't always know what's going to be on a show. And if you turned off everything that had language or whatever, you would watch nothing. But I will tell you this, 
unfortunately, there are some shows that I have to erase and never have again because there's a lot of unbiblical thinking in them. That being said, you have to be very careful. What, let's go back to this election for a minute. We need to use biological thinking in it. Yes, we do. We know this. No matter what happens, even this week, we need to know whoever does win the election, whoever does win the election, we are going to respect what God has allowed to happen or he allows to happen because it does say this in the Bible. It does say, let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For and This is in Romans 13, 1. For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist are appointed by God. So God is going to allow whoever he wants to be in office to be in office, and we're going to respect that position that God puts in there. We're going to respect it. He says it in several places in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2. Therefore, I exhort first of all that you make uh, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings for everyone, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. He also says in 1 Peter chapter 2, 13 and 14, Submit yourselves to every human authority for the Lord's sake, whether it be to a king as supreme or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. Now, this is what I say to you. As we're going into this election and other things, we need to make sure that God's will be done. This is not about, this is not about the decisions you make about following elephants. This is not about following donkeys. It's not about being conservative. It's not about being liberal. I personally am a conservative. But that being said, this is not about that. It's not about me saying who should be voted for. Nothing like that whatsoever. In reality, this is about using biological thinking and all decisions made in life. Biological thinking is the way to think. What would God want me to do? You know the old statement, what would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? Biological thinking is the way to think. A lot of times when people look at people who are up for the candidates, you know, they say, well, this person is not the most honest or this person has done this wrong or that wrong. Well, I look back again, once again, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If we're going to look at the candidates and look at them, we can honestly easily say both of them don't deserve to get in office. If we're going on honesty's sake, both of them are sinful. Both of them and both of them are not perfect because unfortunately, if we put all perfect human beings right then and there up for office, we know that there'd be none that are alive, right? Not one. However, if we look at the policies, that's what you have to look at. And you have to look at what is the most biological way. And when you pray about that, that is how you're going to have to make your decision. Biologically, what is God telling you to do? Look at what is the most biological way of thinking. When it comes to voting this Tuesday, also not just with that, but as I said before, when the same thing comes to friends in your life, what is the most biological way of living with friends? Who's going to lead you down the right road? Who's not? I had to do this in school. You can still be friendly with a lot of people, but you don't necessarily want to be with them all the time because they could lead you down unbiblical ways. You don't need to hang around with them. People at work. What is the most biological way of being with them? What's the most biological job? What's going to keep you away from church on Sunday? What's going to keep you doing things that are not biological? You could do the same thing with things that you eat, things that you drink, things that you watch, things that you read, things that you look at, people that could lead you astray from the Lord. Biological thinking is the way to live. Unbiological thinking, the ways of Satan are the ways that will destroy you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Pastor, this is the most obvious sermon in the whole wide world. You would think, 
But you'd also be surprised how many people, even recently, has given me threats, threats online. Me even mentioning this type of stuff would be, quote unquote, illegal. <laughs> About the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm not saying anything that's illegal. Uh, me saying to think biologically is not illegal. In fact, I, I dare say, bring the police on right now because that's not going to happen. Isn't that right, Brother Matthew? But here's the other thing. The other thing is not only is it not illegal to say, think biologically, it is the spiritual thing to say. It is the biblical thing to say. It is the right thing to say. No matter what you do in life, always think biologically. Because if you're not, you're about to make the biggest mistake of your entire life. And it could destroy your life. You could suddenly find yourself as a parent. You could suddenly find yourself in jail. You could suddenly find yourself doing something you shouldn't be doing. It could be Satan trying to lead you away from the Lord. It could be Satan trying to destroy your ministry. Or it could very well be that God has something greater for you and he's trying, Satan's trying to keep you from even getting near it. So everything that you do, think biologically. In other words, allow the Holy Spirit to take you towards the Lord God through his word and through prayer. Biologically thinking is the greatest kind of thinking you could ever do. If you want to live long and prosper in the spirit, let's go to biological thinking. That's the way we need to be. Amen? Amen. First John 4, 4. If Christ be with me, who can be against me? Amen. Or in other words, if I be with Christ, who am I not with? A lot of times I have to think that way because a lot of times I, I want to go along and not offend people. But by doing that, many times I go along with the crowd. I've never meant to do that. But I've gone along with the crowd not trying to offend. By doing so, I've offended the Lord. By going along with the crowd, yeah, I may not be offensive to them, but quite frankly, they don't care. You're being offensive to Christ because you're not losing biological thinking. I'm talking about myself now. The last thing I'm going to read here before we go to the Lord in prayer is this. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. We can spend our whole life being worried about the world around us, but in reality, we need to have biological thinking. And if we do that, how much greater life is going to be? We don't need to be scared about what's going to happen this Tuesday. We don't need to be scared about what's going to happen afterwards, the day after, or anything like that. Because God is in control. Especially if we give him our life and give him our mind and our heart. Biological thinking is the greatest thing we could ever do. And I don't know about you, but from this moment on, and every moment after, that is how I'm going to spend the rest of my days, with biological thinking. Amen? Amen. Let's now bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, for speaking to me and giving me the understanding of biological thinking. I thank you so very much, Lord God, that you are helping me and that you forgive me for the moments, those horrible moments that I have thought out of the flesh. And Lord, that I have allowed myself to emotionally be controlled. And even, yes, the desires of flesh. 
Lord God, thank you for forgiving me for that. And I pray from this moment on that you allow me to think biologically, Lord. And I pray that you help my brothers and sisters in Christ also to do the same, that you will lead us and guide us away from the things of the world. I pray for this upcoming week that your will be done throughout this nation and throughout this world. I pray all of this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.